0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday Morning MV Pro Call. Today is September 21st, and I'd like to welcome those of you that are here live as well as those of you listening to this via recording, which, of course, you can do by subscribing to Motivitality on whatever podcast application you happen to use or by visiting Motivitality.com, where you can listen to years and years and years' worth of archives. Um, they are all up to date, by the way. We've, I've been trying to do a better job of that since I, I, I frequently get called out on it. When for those of you that are listening to this via recording, you come back, which I really appreciate because it, it, it's, um, you know, to sit down and, and pull those up, uh, I try and do that. But I was a couple weeks behind on uploading these uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and you guys uh, sent me messages saying, hey, where are they? And I, I really appreciate that. It's nice to know that you're um that you guys are finding value in this. So thank you very much. On the on the other hand, I really love having you on live because as some of you that are on live regularly know, a couple weeks ago, we uh I wasn't able to get it to record and so it was only the people that were on live that that were able to get on. So, we got some background noise going on there. Somebody uh There we go. That's it was gone, I'm not sure what that was, but anyway, so really appreciate having you guys on live, I love the discussion that we have, so I'm going to start to call off the way I do pretty much every week, which is by asking, is there anything anybody learned this last week that you wish you had known before, anything that happened that is worthy of sharing with other professionals across the country, or anything we can help you with? Anybody have anything? Jen, how's it going out there um, at uh, at the water quality association midyear?
1: It Tahoe. is going awesome It is going great um, do we actually something that I found that was interesting and I think part of this is because we have the mentor mentee program, but we have more people here that we have a lot of first timers here and um, as I've been talking to them, they are actually finding great value. Some of them are um, sales professionals, and a couple are business owners, and a couple are uh, admin or office staff, and they are getting a lot out of it. And part of it is you're seeing a lot of the big picture, and it's really cool. This, part of the mid-year conference, leadership conference, it's just that, the leadership conference. And we are kind of determining what are we going to do over the next couple of years, Water Quality Association, its members, and then, you know, and and so on. But how are we um, going to reach out to the consumers? How are we going to look at trends? And it's been very interesting, very, very interesting.
0: Yeah. Mid-year is so different than, than the regular WQA convention just because – it, it's more focused on how we as an industry can – or as an organization can really be involved and move forward in the industry. And it's a lot more opportunity to to network and really talk to the people that are in, involved in the industry. I know you and I traditionally have always liked the mid-year better than – even better than the, the 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 main one we have in Orlando or Vegas just because we have time to actually – Focus on on that those types of things. I mean, we're usually so busy at the regular conventions that there's you know there's not as enough time to have the meetings and to really talk to the people that you need to talk to. So, um, are you finding yeah. that to be the case out there as well?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. And that's something that we were um, talking about uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, as we were kind of doing roundtables, and um, you know they would have a subject, and then we would discuss that subject and. For example, we talked about how um, we would take things to the consumer um, and and talk to them about uh, just uh, different contaminants and ethics and things like that. But um, we were mentioning how it is nice to have these conversations, and somebody did make a comment about um, you're not here to build your resume. You're here to make a difference. And I thought that was really interesting because we – you know afterwards, and in between and at lunch, and later at the lounge or at the um restaurants or something, we talk shop talk, but a lot of that shop talk has been more of how can we help w q a how can w q a help us, and how can we get the word out to the consumers
0: yeah. i just
1: I thought that was really good
0: yeah well i I appreciate very much you being out there representing um, motor vitality as, as well as the industry as a whole. So thank you very much for the time there. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else have any, any questions before we jump into our or comments, before we jump into our topic today? So I spent the first couple days of the week down at the Culligan Tri-State Convention. Uh, this is um, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, um, They gathered for. They always have a. They do a really great job. A lot of Culligan dealers uh, came, you know, into Michigan. We went down. um, They uh, uh, so we had a booth down there. Had an opportunity to sit through some classes, and and one of the speakers that they had talked about cybersecurity. And it was really interesting. It was very geared towards dealers and how a dealer can protect themselves from from phishing attacks or spam attacks. Um, for those of you that aren't aware of what a phishing attack is, spelt P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. And that's where you would have, uh, you know, if, if you had a, a company called you know so let's say you just had a company called oxford right you get an email from this company called oxford and you click on the the link and it would take you to a website that looked identical to the Oxford website. I'm, I'm just making up a. I don't even know if there's a company out there called Oxford, but um, but it would it would look like the Oxford website. It would look very familiar. A place for you to enter your username and password. Maybe you got a password reset. You know, Oxford. It's time to reset your Oxford password. And you click on it, and it takes you to the password reset page. And it looks exactly the same as what you've always seen. Except if you really look close. In the URL where you put in the website address, instead of it being a capital O for Oxford, it would, be a, it would be a zero. And if you're not looking, because it looks identical to everything else you've ever seen, you click on that uh, Oxford.com, you put in your username and password, and, um, and it, it won't work for some reason. But you know maybe you can't you can't get any further. It doesn't log into the page or or it sends you uh, you know uh, like a, you have to update this page and you click on this link and then you update it. But a lot of times that's called phishing, right? Where you go in there and you, unbeknownst to, to to you, you have just given these bad actors a you know your access to your username and password to this this oxford.com website that's called phishing so they talked a lot about that and that's usually how these companies will especially the larger a company the more risk there is because there's so many users out there that would get these things and see them and and it, you know, it's not malicious. People just go in and they think it's business as usual, and they're doing these things, and they put it in, and, and they, they put their information in, and they, um, and now they've given access. They've given just a little tidbit of information. They've given access to, uh, to this website, and now you have somebody that goes in, and, and then you have these ransomware attacks, which is a huge deal. Um, they talked about a couple, a couple dealers that had been attacked that had had dealt with these ransomware attacks where um, typically what will happen, and we, we've talked about this on this call before too because it's a little frightening, but, you know, typically what will happen is a the, these hackers will gain access to the website um, where they will put a tracker, basically a, a logger, a key logger or tracker, and, it, and they'll lay dormant for a year sometimes, or longer. And they're just collecting information, right? Because it's just now they're gathering all the passwords and the, the credit card numbers and the finances, and they lay dormant kind of in behind behind, and, and nobody really knows that they're there. And and once they realize they can't gain any more information or they've gathered enough information, they will fire up a a, a program, because they're already embedded in the back end of the website, and they fire up a program that now you come and you, you boot up the computer and it says you've been held ransom, we're going to erase all of your contacts or we're going to send out private information or we're going to do something, you know, whatever that ransom is. And, you know, unless you send us this much money, usually in something like Bitcoin or, or you know, in, in a uh, cryptocurrency type Uh, type process. You know, you have to give us this amount of money or we're going to erase everything. And you can't go back. You can't just go back six months or 18 months and restore your servers. I mean, not to mention the fact that you now you're going to lose a year's worth of data or, you know, 18 months worth of data or whatever. But sometimes if you don't go back far enough, then, They'll have that, you know, if you try and if you ignore this and try and erase or try and restore your servers, then um, we will do even more damage and it's going to cost you even more, you know, so they I mean, it's pretty nasty stuff. And this happens, you know, it, honestly, it happens more. You do hear it with these big companies that, you know, just one of the airlines just a couple of weeks ago was was hit, you know, and um, MGM was within the last week They were hit big time. Over the these cyber attacks, you know, they um, it shut down every one of MGM's properties and cost them millions of dollars in in stuff. So it does happen with these big companies, but it's a lot more common with these small co- with a smaller company, mostly because the smaller company has not invested in this in the cybersecurity protections that um, that the larger companies would have resources to, and so you know they're not going to make as much money. Off of a smaller company, but they've got a lot higher success rate on on these smaller companies and and uh, so you know it's it's definitely something that's out there, and it struck me as uh, you know as, as as something that we all need to participate in helping to avoid you know it's Jen, you and I have talked about it. I know it happened to you when you were in sales way back when, and it certainly at a lesser degree happened to me. It used to be the problem 15, 20 years ago that the biggest issue was just not backing up and losing the data. Um, you know, I, that happened to me where I hadn't synchronized my data and backed up my, my um, you know, my CRM, and I lost about a um, month and a half worth of worth of contacts and activity. And even just for me as a salesperson, that was hard. Jen, I think you lost like three months when you were there in sales right it was There was a long period of time that you know just from backing up, we weren't dealing with these hacked um these hacked sites so what I wanted to talk a little bit about today was from a sales perspective or from an admin perspective or so it definitely as a as a manager, if you have the ability as a manager or an owner or a dealer to to um protect your company. You know, think about what it would cost you if you did not have your website or your CRM or your your data there backed up or if you were to lose it. You know, what would happen if god forbid you turned on your computer one day and suddenly your website was down. And I'm not talking just the website, right? I'm talking the the customer data i'm talking your service history i'm talking your routing i'm talking all of that stuff what would happen and if that puts you that makes your heart rate go up a little bit uh, if you are in the um in the position where you have the ability to to make decisions regarding those things my recommendation is that you begin to look at what it would take to um to repair that look at the cost it would take to repair that and um and to, uh, you know, to to, be, to really make uh, an effort to be preventative, but also to have an action plan, you know, that would react to that. And how would it happen? One of the things I learned, and this I'll, I'll talk about, uh, talk to the dealers, the people that are responsible for this, are that a lot of us have liability insurance for our companies, and there's usually a clause on in those liability policies but when you look at the clause they're very vaguely written and the cybersecurity expert that they had speaking about this uh, said that in all the years that he's done it he's never seen a general liability insurance policy pay out for a cyber attack and he said he's never seen one pay out because generally the wording of those say that you have to have all of these safeguards in place in order for them to pay out you know it's sort of like like if you um, you know are, uh, have fire insurance, but you don't have smoke detectors in your house, you know the the insurance company may not pay out because you didn't have smoke smoke, detector, smoke detectors. You know, so so one of the things they encourage doing was really evaluating your cyber attack um, policies and making sure that you have a specific cyber attack insurance policy or or uh, writer on it because um generally the general liabilities are not going to to cover you you know what would it cost even if you have a general liability you know maybe only fifty thousand dollars or something small that's not going to recover the cost of it but what i so there's certainly that um but i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the responsibility of of not necessarily the owners or managers, but also, you know, the people that are out there doing sales, you know, that are um, that are logging in or that are doing that stuff. What would it cost? You know, most of us have a lot of these days. Our CRMs are cloud based. You know, they are, um, or we have a network that we're getting into. So I'm I'm curious, what kinds of processes do you guys use? To because they the, in all likelihood, if you have one of these cyber terrorists, if you will, or, or these ransom people, these these you know these guys that go out there, these people that go out there and, and put the stuff in, in all likelihood, they're not getting to you from they're not getting to your database from the from the the people that are working with the stuff every day. They're getting into those in, uh, into those servers or into that database um, through you guys. Through the people that are out there in the field, the the um, you know the lower uh, entry, lower access people, but that's how they're getting into these uh, these websites. What are you guys doing to protect yourselves or to protect your company? I mean, What would it do if you're in sales out there and you rely on this cloud server and, and the contacts and the history um, and the routing? How would it impact your business? Would, would it have an impact on your business if you didn't have access to these computer? Uh, to these computer programs. What do you guys think?
2: Hi, Kelly. This is Elaine. Hey, um, Elaine. Hi. I'm with Jen here in the beautiful Lake Tahoe yeah. or Tahoe City. Yeah. yeah. it's been nice. Um, you know, I have never been that, technic- you know, technical. I – and I know that we have cloud-based and, you know, we back everything up. We've got a guy that – Built a firewall for us, but I probably have more paper than anybody I know. So I always feel good because I I make hard copies of everything. I know that's not the right answer. However, um, in our in our town, the entire real estate world was on hold. Nobody could sell homes because whatever happened to their. Their system, it got hijacked, and everything was held up for literally two weeks. Nobody could do any transactions. So I don't know what the answer is. I like your suggestion about asking our insurance company if we can get a writer on it. But um, I think about that frequently, and there's no, no customer that we have that doesn't have a hard file. So i have to build it the old-fashioned way if that came to be.
0: Yeah, I I think that's smart. I really think that's smart. I always did that when I was in sales, too. And honestly, Elaine, even back when I was out there, that saved me from, uh, you know, that, that's the only way I was able to get through it when I lost that couple months of, of uh, data was going back to the hard. It, it caught, you know, it took more time. It was more difficult to find things, but uh, it definitely saved me. So a backup, a hard backup can't go wrong. You can't hack a piece of paper. So that's a good suggestion. What what about everybody else? What are you guys doing? Hi, guys. This is Jose from Pure Fat Solutions. Um, hey, Jose.
3: Hey, how you doing? Uh, so we actually do a full backup remotely so that there's um, uh, sustainability uh, so that in case not only of a hack but also a fire that may be happening locally, then your backup does not suffer. So... We do remote PCs um, for the most part in terms of keeping customers' data and information, you know, private information, credit card information, and stuff like that, on other sites that are just dedicated for data centers. Uh, and and basically, we just remote into the PC and it looks like a, a desktop PC, and we run mostly everything from there. But we don't access anything from you know outside, like a website or anything like that. So that's one of the rules. We do all that on our computers in case it gets jacked then, you know, it's only the computer that suffers, such as, um, you know, when we buy, uh, so I do uh, a real estate investment and, and we do also, you know, the thing is that we we want to make sure we are covered on that side so that if something happens in that property, um, the company doesn't suffer by just isolating it to that property alone, not every other property that may be tacked into the LLC or whatever. And by the way, I own two properties in the MGM building and yeah. i have been trying to contact them for the past month <laughs> and it's like nowhere to find anybody the only way i can do it is is contact somebody by a cell phone yeah. uh, so yeah. it's it, hijacking it, is a it big thing has
0: a has a big difference what about, what about from the sales side um you know anybody on here that is in sales specifically that is you know taking precautions what are you doing to kind of you know uh prevent these types of things from happening.
4: So Stacy here, when it comes to all my paperwork, um, one, we scan everything and put it in. I, I save all my scans in a folder on my laptop. So, which is separate from any of the, you know, it's basically saved in my OneDrive, so it's saved separately from anything company-wise. So it gives me at least somewhat of a backup. But um, my husband's company that he works for went through this about four years ago. They got a ransomware. The Trojan horse came in via an email that looked like a standard work email from somebody else in the office. He opened it. It went in and infected the backups a week before it went into effect. Yeah. There was stuff they never got back.
0: Yeah.
4: It was, (laughs) they did have cyber insurance. Specific, I mean, this was big enough because this is a hundred million dollar company, basically every year. I mean, the FBI was in working on this.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: And it was, you know, and they said there's nothing they can really do. It's people sitting in Ukraine, Croatia,
0: yeah, doing exactly. Doing
4: this, and there's no way of stopping them.
0: Yeah. So let me – there are – before we run out of time, there are, there are a couple little suggestions that I, I noted here that I want to I give everybody on this call listening that – and I cannot stress. We're, we're only going to be spending seven or eight minutes on this – on these suggestions, but I, I really hope that everybody on this call will, will take a note of this and take them seriously. I, I got to tell you, this is pot calling the kettle, lack in a lot of ways because I have not even for my small business and Jen I know you you're you're uh, president of the company and you got to, you and I have to have a discussion over this and we've got to change even the way we do business it was very eye opening to me that we don't do all of these things and even with our small business it would it would really be um catastrophic if we lost everything or didn't you know our business runs so much on IT but here's a couple suggestions um, number one, uh, get don't store all your passwords in one place. Um, use different passwords, but use an encrypted password manager for your passwords to log in. That's huge. Uh, I'm guilty of that myself. I have a a note that it wouldn't take somebody a lot of effort to get into to see what the um, what the passwords are that I have for my various entries. And passwords are hard, you know they. You want something you can remember, and it's a pain in the butt, they have to go in and reset them. But make sure that you do not store your passwords in a place that can be easily accessible. Um, use a password manager, an encrypted password manager, for all of your applications. That's big. Um, this one is huge, and, and even though I'm set up for it, I, I don't often do it. But we were at this, sitting at this hotel room, and this, um uh, you know, in, in the resort itself where we were, had a public Wi-Fi access, and everybody was logged on to public Wi-Fi. And I was sitting there listening to this class, and I had my tablet connected to to the public Wi-Fi, and he says, how many of you are on a VPN right now? That's a virtual private network. There are some free ones out there. I pay for one. I use, um, I, I use ExpressVPN, but there's a ton of them out there. Um, this allows you to hide your IP address because if, when you – log on to a public like mcdonald's or and a lot of us in sales are out there doing that right we we need to have wi-fi and we go out there and we connect to the mcdonald's or to the you know wherever that local starbucks or wherever we stop to get online it's a public wi-fi well you can anybody with the right devices not even that expensive and the know-how can sit there um next to you without unbeknownst to you and get into and gain access to all of your files and And, I mean, theoretically, Stacey, you're on your laptop and you're on Wi-Fi and you're connected to OneDrive. They could go in there, hack in, and and delete all those OneDrive files. I mean, it it happens all the time at these public. So use a VPN to hide your IP address so that you are – and if you don't know what that is, get in touch with somebody that can help you set one up and teach you how to turn it on when you're on a public uh, Wi-Fi. Use VPN technology. Um, If you have a laptop or a tablet or a smartphone, use a data encryption program. Um, That's especially important if you have any kind of financial or credit card information on it um so you know apple has built-in encryption options automatically but you can find uh software to add to a windows or an android product as well that will encrypt your data and and keep somebody from being able to go in and just download it all this is a huge one and i gotta tell you it's a pain in the butt i i have it on several of my uh of the the programs that we use and i it annoys me every time, and I'm tempted to turn it off, but I, I've done it. But this needs to be a company-wide policy is using the two-factor authentication. That means you put in your password, and and then it says we will send you a code to, you know, an email or a text message that you have to have access to. It's two-factor authentic, authentic, authentication. Um, it's it's uh that's for the cloud based stuff especially you know the the cloud based crms but it should be turned on for everybody in the company every employee and every time you log into that program you should have to enter in that code it it is a pain i'll admit it's a pain but i bet you it's a lot less of a pain than losing all the data or having somebody in there and this one is a big one um anybody in the company should read read the articles Uh, educate yourself um the cyber company that that was there speaking at this convention recommended training twice a year you know um making that so making it critical for every employee putting them through a cybersecurity or cyber best practice workshop um so that they're aware of it because people just you know they like you said stacy it came in at your husband's company it came in looking like a a um you know, like an email from from everybody else, and and I was just reading an article about this in Consumer Reports just with last uh, last month, where it's not just the emails that come in, it's QR codes. Like, look, people are I, this is scary as heck, but you know they're finding ways to get into it. You, you those of you that have parking, right? You go out there and you have to park somewhere, and there's a parking meter meter, and you're using your company phone to you know a lot of times they have a little QR code on it that tells you where to you know where to park and you click on that you scan that QR code and it takes you right to the website and you enter your credit card information and and you you know you pay for parking well apparently the big thing that's happening now with these guys is they're printing off little QR codes and going around and sticking them on these parking meters and so, when you click on it, it looks real. It's, it's another form of phishing. Looks real. You click on the QR code. Or restaurants are doing the same thing at restaurants. You know how you can pay right on the right on your phone with restaurants. You click on the QR code and pay. Um, you know they're sticking sticking those QR codes right on the parking meters or at the on the tables at the restaurant, and, and just and it, you're at the, you're at Applebee's, you're paying, and it looks just like normal, but you didn't actually pay. You actually put your credit card information in, and now they've got it all. They've got access to it all. So um, make sure that uh, everybody is educated on what they can be doing. So those, those workshops, uh, it's, it's just really critical. Keep it front and center so that you're constantly being diligent and cautious about, about what we're doing. And if it, if it scares you a little bit, if this call scares you and you're like, oh, my God, we're, I, this is horrifying, it was for me too. It's terrifying on what this can do, but my hope is that those of you on this call, listening to this call, will actually you look into it a little further and, and protect yourselves because it, it can do real, I, I think, customer damage, but also financial damage to us as a company. Any final comments or thoughts from anybody?
5: Hey, this is Paul with Culligan up in Traverse City. It was great seeing you, and oh, boy, that was a great, great conference and that specific talk was amazing we have yeah. lots of different things
0: in place but there is still more to do yeah it, it, it was a little scary wasn't it paul kind of coming out of it going holy crap i have to i have to fix this stuff right now did it did you walk away from that feeling that
5: yes yeah. you know we've been dealing with our i.t company we do have an i.t company because we do have so many different locations and many many different computer systems so We have two factor in place. We have uh, backups on remote servers. We send out phishing emails from this company to employees to see if they're going to open and not open. We do get reports in regards to the the ones that are using the same exact password in many different applications. It is a process. It is not something that's just going to happen immediately but you got to start sometime, and right now is yeah. the time to start and
0: work through that process and follow the right
5: path. Yeah.
0: You guys, um, I appreciate uh, the time. That is all for the time. Hopefully this encur- this call encourages you to look into it a little bit more, but that is the end of the, the time that we have. So um, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Sounds like we had a lot of uh, good attendance on this this topic today. So, everybody, we will talk to you next week, if not before. So be safe, everybody. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, fellas.
3: Thanks.